This is a GRDC podcast. It's a mild day at Finlay in southern New South Wales. There are 16 vehicles parked single file between an irrigation channel and trial plots of cereals, pulses, canola. It's not a big crowd for a field day, but then it's only the first of three sessions today. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. The location is the Finley Irrigated Research Centre, and 27 trials have been set up here as part of a much bigger project. The project that we're showcasing today is called Optimising Irrigated Grains. That's Ben Morris addressing the growers who've come today. Ben is from Far Australia, which leads the project. Nationally, there are 65 trials. Kerrang in Victoria is another big research hub with 23 trials. And then there are smaller numbers in Tasmania and South Australia. The reason for the optimising irrigated grains trials and why GRDC invested in the project is that there's a knowledge gap. Although there'd been a bit of research done on wheat and cotton in irrigated scenarios, a lot of the other crops weren't covered and we felt there was a big gap in the knowledge that could be filled. Those other crops include maize, chickpeas, faba beans, canola, barley and durum. It's not just the crop selection that's different here. There are two major components to this project, an amelioration phase and an agronomy phase. We need to rewind a bit. In 2019, Finlay and Narong in New South Wales were selected for amelioration, between them accounting for 28 trials or nearly half the total number. Finley has red soils, and after intensive soil sampling and analysis, there were no real topsoil issues found. Lower down the profile, it was a different story, according to New South Wales Department of Primary Industries senior research scientist, Dr. Asan Tavakoli. We found out that there is issues related to subsoil dispersion and slaking and also extremely alkaline subsoils because when you have high pH, you have a lot of negative charge on the clay, which is repulsive, and so the clay tends to disperse when it comes in touch with water. Hassan is overseeing the amelioration work. At the second site, Narong, 160 kilometres west, the soil is a grey self-mulching type. There has been a lot of issues in the surface crusting and a poorly structured topsoil in addition to some issues that we also identified in the subsoil. So our soil sampling suggested that the surface application of organic amendment, for example, could benefit the topsoil improvements in Norong site as opposed to the appropriate level of organic carbon in Finley site. And both of those sites received the surface applications of some of the amendments and also the subsurface application to see their factorial design and comparison across for replicate what sort of crop responses and also corrections in soil properties we can obtain after a few years of that one-off application. Those soil properties include nitrogen levels, which differ at all trial sites because of paddock history. Ben Morris again. The site at Finley in 2018 had a faba bean crop that failed due to drought, and then the following year the site was fallowed as a lot of redevelopment was done. So that led to a very high soil nitrogen level leading into the 2020 crop. At Narong, oats had been grown before the site was ripped and a plant-based amendment added. 
Our soil sampling suggested that the surface application of organic amendment, for example, could benefit the topsoil improvements in Norong site, as opposed to the appropriate level of organic carbon in Finley site. And both of those sites received a surface applications of some of the amendments and also the subsurface application. The organic amendment used was loosened pellets. And Damien Jones from the Irrigated Cropping Council recalls the response was good. We saw a massive amount of mineralisation, so release of nitrogen, which was very apparent in the subsequent crop of oats that we put in in 2020. The ripping treatments weren't quite as apparent. It was difficult to pick them over the control in the sort of first half of the season. But as the season progressed and moisture became a little bit tight at the end of winter, then where the site had been ripped, we actually started to see some improvements in crop growth, but nothing like what we'd seen with the extra nitrogen through the organic amendment. While back at Finlay, the use of pea hay stubble together with gypsum saw a yield improvement of 27% in the Faber bean crop that followed the amelioration. My hope is, and based on our modelling work, this suggests that over the next seven to 10 years, the residual effect of such a work will last and, and hopefully we see consistent improvements. And then every year before sowing, we come back to that trial and do another soil sampling to look at the functional characterizations of changes in soil affected by different organic and inorganic amendments changes that will include an improvement to the plant available water capacity of these amended soils. What we are trying to achieve here is to improve the size of the bucket in this case and have a better crop access to that subsoil water after improving the subsoil properties if there is an identified and recognized issue with the soil either in the subsoil or in the topsoil. Dr. Hassan Tavakoli and to see how crop varieties and seed rates respond to different irrigation systems, both overhead and flood irrigation are used. Ben Morris. For example, it might be that if you sow on one type of irrigation, you need a higher plant population than another type of irrigation, or a different variety might require a different plant population. And then we'll measure the canopy, how many tillers, for example, and what was the dry matter at different stages throughout the crop and how does that affect the yield? In conjunction with the Optimising Irrigated Grains trials, there's an economic project called Watercan Profit, run by the Tasmanian Institute of Agriculture. Watercan Profit takes the gross margins from different crops, the cost of water, other crop improvement costs, projected grain yields and returns, and calculates what's the best crop to grow if water is limited and expensive. It's a tool all irrigators should know about, according to the Irrigated Cropping Council's Damien Jones. The more expensive irrigation water gets, the more it's not just simply grow a crop, water it, hope that it yields well. We're getting to the stage where it has to yield well and it has to yield economically. There's a link for more information about the Watercan Profit Calculator in this podcast show notes. The second component of the optimising irrigated grains is agronomy, and there's a comprehensive range of agronomic levers being pulled across the trial's five winter crops. Variety, seed rates, inoculation, plant growth regulator trials, disease interaction and nitrogen. And those growers attending the field day were keen to hear Ben Morris comment on how hard you can push nutrition 
to optimise yield in an irrigated cropping system. In canola, we're putting up to 300 kilos per hectare and there's no response above 150, 160. And then in Durham, similar story, we're going up to 350 kilos of nitrogen per hectare. And in our response, again, is not much above 150 kilos of nitrogen per hectare. So one of the key observations is the nitrogen effect and perhaps we don't need some of the high rates that have been promoted in the past to get the high yields and that nitrogen that's in the soil or available through mineralisation is having a bigger impact than we think. According to Ben, the disease trials have resulted in good responses across the board. However, yield response to disease control varied from crop to crop. Some crops were getting really good results. For example, chickpeas, it's um, you know, a good disease program, gives you a major increase in yield and a really good return on the money spent on that disease program. Other crops, for example, canola, we had some really good control of disease, measured some really good results. But then when we put the harvester through, we had no difference between the best treatment and the untreated. So it could be quite seasonal. Also with the faba beans, we had some good disease responses to fungicides, but there was no yield difference in the end. And that could just be because of this 2020 season where the rain that did fall fell in larger events further apart and didn't lead to disease being a big problem. However, like I mentioned, some crops like chickpeas uh, just really respond to disease control. Another question we got from growers this morning was about some of the management beyond just simply nitrogen or disease and about uh, how irrigation management actually fits in with growing the crops. So it's not just, you know, pile all this nitrogen on or keep disease at bay. It's also about getting the irrigation right to make sure that the yield potential that we've set up is actually delivered at the end of the day through grain yield. Damien Jones from the Irrigated Cropping Council. Other questions irrigators wanted answered included how you produce seven tonnes of faba beans, how you grow five tonne of canola under irrigation, and in Durham, how to achieve DR1 quality at 13% protein. And the answer to all three of those questions seems to come back to soil fertility. And we're probably blessed with a site that started with high nutrition, but the challenge now is to maintain that nutrition as we take off these crop yields. What we're finding is that we're getting yields that use up nitrogen much greater than the amount we need to apply to get those yields. So going forward, every year we're going to be taking more off with the crop than what we're applying. And that's a, an issue that needs to be addressed. Are we mineralising organic matter and driving down our soil carbon levels to do that? And although we can't stop the mineralisation, we need to get nitrogen back into the soil and basically build organic matter, whether we do that with a grain legume crop or we have a pasture phase to replace that nitrogen is a long-term question that we need to address. Issues and outcomes will shape the last year of the trial. Most trials will be repeated in 2022, but where a treatment has delivered no benefit after two years, it will be stopped and another treatment showing greater promise given more attention. A good example of that is in maize, we did some fungicide work and after two years, we found no result with fungicide. 
We've done a little bit of row spacing work in maize and seen some interesting results. So we're going to ramp that up in the third year if we can and try to get some good results out of that. While not every trial site in the Optimising Irrigated Grains project can hold a field day, the agronomic research is replicated at the interstate sites and similar crop responses are being seen to those here at Finlay. We hope that at the end of the three-year project that we've developed a suite of what we'd like to call good management practices and that those management practices, if used, will give farmers consistent and reliable yields under irrigation. So that might be fungicide use based on the season, plant growth regulators based on canopy measurements and so on. You know, nitrogen rates based on how much nitrogen's in the soil. And I think the more data we collect and the more we analyse it, the better we can come up with these good management practices. Ben Morris from Far Australia, and before that, Damien Jones from the Irrigated Cropping Council. And earlier, Dr. Asan Tavakoli from New South Wales, Department of Primary Industries. Helping to make growers aware of the project's outcomes will be action learning groups and the research partners involved. And for more information about trial reports, see this podcast's show notes for a link to Far Australia. In the notes, you will also find video links for the Water Can Profit Calculator and an Optimising Irrigated Grains video. This is a GRDC podcast. I'm Tony Crowley. Thanks for listening.